Good morning. Well, Brother Mike keeps adding stories to my sermon, so we're going to be here a while, I guess. Uh, hey, very glad to be here. The last time I was here uh, was 10 years ago. I was here sharing everything that we felt like the Lord was leading our family to go and do. Uh, we told you that uh, we desired to go and live in a country called Papua New Guinea, uh, live with a, a group of tribal people isolated in the jungles. We didn't know who they were at the time. The Lord was going to show us when we got there. We wanted to go and learn their language, their unwritten language, translate the Bible into it, teach it to them from beginning to end and see God do something amazing in the hearts of people who didn't know him. And that's all we knew. Um, but before that, uh, some of you are familiar with our story. Uh, I was born and raised in Magnolia, Arkansas. Uh, all I wanted to do with my life was to play professional baseball in the big leagues. I worked really hard, earned a scholarship to Southern Arkansas University, worked hard there for three years, and then in 2006 I got a call from the New York Mets. They told me they had selected me in that year's Major League Baseball draft, and they wanted me to come play for them. Uh, it was there uh, with my time with the Mets that I met a teammate of mine. His name was Brandon. Uh, you know, before I, uh, I started playing professional baseball, I, I became a believer at a young age. Uh, my parents were very faithful to teach me the gospel and take me to church. But when I look back on my life, I kind of feel like uh, that I sort of lived like I expected Jesus to follow me instead of me uh, to follow Jesus. Uh, but when I met this teammate of mine named Brandon, I could tell that that was not the case. Uh, this guy, uh, he, he would read his Bible every day like God actually had something to say to him. You know, he would, he would pray and ask God about the details of his life like God actually cared about him. Uh, and he would share the gospel with his teammates like it was actually good news. And Brandon did those things with me over the course of about two years uh, and taught me how to follow Jesus. And uh, it was in that setting as I was playing baseball that someone sat me down, opened up the pages of Scripture and showed me that from Genesis to Revelation, God is about doing one thing, making himself known to all people through his son, Jesus Christ. This is what God is doing in the world. God has made promises. He has made commands. He has told us very clearly that he has a desire that people from all tongues, tribes, nations, and languages hear the good news of the gospel and be represented before his throne one day. And we know how the story ends. Revelation 7-9 tells us, as John sees a vision of the end of the world, that there will be people from all tongues, tribes, nations, and languages standing before God's throne and worshiping the Lamb. And Jesus has, has invited us into that story. He, he desires for each one of his followers, each one of his children, uh, to be a part in spreading that gospel message to the unreached places of the earth. Well, we know that there's uh, different jobs in that task, in that mission. Some uh, are senders. Uh, they give and they pray sacrificially and radically so that the gospel can go out for those who are the goers. And the Lord made it very clear to my wife Mandy and I that he desired that we be those who go uh, with the gospel message to those who hadn't had it yet. We came here 10 years ago and we said, would you be the ones who send? Would you join and, and come on board and, and would you commit to giving financially? Would you please pray for our family consistently on a daily basis? Would you, would you think about our family and pray for our family? We can't do this sort of work without you. And you guys 10 years ago said, yeah, we want to be a part of what the Hambrice family is doing. So at that point, this was 2014, my wife Mandy and I, along with two other families, at the time we only had two girls since we've, we've added two more, we got on a plane. 2014, we left 
for this country called Papua New Guinea, an island about the size of Texas, where on this island there are over 800 different and distinct languages spoken. And still half of those are still untouched with the gospel message. Uh, we moved there. Uh, we finally found, after about a year of living there, this group of people out in the jungle called the Watakia. Uh, they live totally isolated in the mountains, the central mountains of Papua New Guinea, about 7,000 feet up in the mountains. Uh, no one from the outside had ever moved and lived with them. No one had ever learned their language. And as a result, it wasn't in a written form. They didn't have one word from God written down in their language and they had not heard the good news about this God who made them and who sent his son to save them. So we moved in and we began the process of learning their language and all that and I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, what I'd like to do uh, this morning is share with you what happened among the Wantakia people as we learned their language and as we shared the good news with them for the first time. And I can't think of a better way uh, to explain what happened there than a passage of Scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 26. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, Paul is on trial for spreading the good news about Jesus. There's people who do not like what he's doing. He's standing before this guy named King Agrippa. He's given an opportunity to speak, and he opens his mouth, and he begins to retell the story of how he met Jesus for the first time. Now, we all know that story very well, but what I want to focus this morning is on the words that Jesus said to him uh, when Paul first met Jesus. I'm going to pick up right in the middle of this story as Paul is having a conversation with Jesus or rather as he's retelling about this conversation he has with Jesus. I'm going to start in verse 15. You follow along as I read. Acts chapter 26, verse 15 says this. And I said, this is Paul speaking, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering from your people, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. Now verse 18, Jesus is about to tell us what happens when people are sent to the Gentiles or the nations the ethne, the ethnic groups of the world, the word used here, the, the, the Wantakias of the world who live in the mountains, Jesus is going to say what happens when people are sent there with the gospel message, verse 18, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, that the truth of the gospel is that when people who are in darkness hear about your son uh, and all that you have done for them through him, God, just through faith, we can be brought from darkness to light, from death to life, um, and we can have a place among those who are sanctified by faith in you. Thank you for the truth of this scripture. Lord, please bless our time this morning as we tell how it played out in the lives of of the Wantakia people, and Lord, let us consider, um, Lord, how we might uh, be further involved 
uh, in our own community and, and, and around the world, God. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we moved in to Wantakia, my family along with two other families. I, I don't have time this morning to tell you all about how we, we went out to the jungle and cut down trees and brought a portable sawmill out and began to mill our own timber and hike it down from the mountain and, and build these houses where we have solar panels and collect our rainwater uh, into a holding tank and just the, the ways that we live out there. We'll have maybe some question and answer time here at the end of this and, and you guys can ask all kind of questions about those, those sorts of things. But as we, we moved in, it took us months to prepare and, and move our families in there. And, and now we had this overwhelming task of learning this unwritten tribal language. I'll never forget as we, we, we were just there just a few weeks in the village and we, we've moved in, we've built these houses uh, and our three families are there and we, we've started this task to learn the Wantakians' unwritten language. And I'll never forget the moment one of the tribal elders jumped up in a high place in the village and yelled out to the community, And there I was as a, a new language learner with my pen and my paper. And, uh, could you say that one more time? And that's the way it started for this country bumpkin from South Arkansas who God had tasked with learning an unwritten tribal language. Guys, we don't have time this morning to go into all the detail of how we learned their unwritten tribal language, but basically everywhere that the Wantakia went, we went. Everything that the Wantakia did, we did. We had to start just by learning the names of things, hundreds and hundreds. We would had to learn how to say, what is that? And we'd, we'd walk around the village and we'd say, what is that and what is that and what is that? Hundreds and thousands of times and we would do our best to write those things down in a phonetic alphabet that we had learned in our missionary training. We'd take out our phones and we'd say, can you record that into, your, into my phone? And they'd say it again and, and we'd go home and we'd, we'd read and we'd listen for hours and hours. And, and that was just nouns. We had to then learn about adjectives. How do you describe that thing? that you told me the name of. Is it, is it tall? Is it short? Is it fat? Is it skinny? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it strong? Is it weak? And the list goes on. And we, we moved on from there. And uh, we were, then had to say, well, what do you do with those things? Like a, a sweet potato. What do you, well, you can plant it. You can harvest it. You can carry it. You can sharpen it. Or you can peel it. You can cook it. You can eat it. And, and that was just a sweet potato, much less an axe or a knife or a, a door or a Anything you can imagine, we, we had all these words we had to learn. And in the middle of this thing, we just thought, this, this will never happen. Uh, this is impossible. And many times uh, I felt myself sort of uh, questioning the Lord like Moses did uh, when God said, I want you to go to the land of Egypt and be a part of delivering the people of Israel out of slavery and there Moses was, and he said, Oh, God, my, I, I just I can't speak. My, I'm bumbling and mumbling all around. I can barely speak the English language, Lord. How much less am I going to speak the Wantakia language? And how would I ever be a part of translating the Bible and, and ever stand before these Wantakia people and, and tell them the depths of your word impossible? And the Lord had to remind me, just like he did Moses, who made your mouth? And I had to say, Lord, you did. God, if you have asked our family to be here, then God, you will help us. 
with this overwhelming task of learning their language. We were like those people uh, that the Lord describes in Isaiah 40 uh, when he says, young men, they grow weak and weary, but those who wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed. Uh, we, we learned to wait on the Lord. Uh, it took us about three years to learn the Wantakia language from scratch. Uh, we started by just speaking uh, baby like babies. You know, the Wantakians, they would just laugh at us and say, you'll never learn our language, you stupid missionary. And uh, when we would make a mistake, they would sure let us, let us know about it. They just couldn't believe how hard it was for us to learn their language. They said, our, our kids can speak our language. Like, what's wrong with you? Why is this so hard for you? And finally, guys, by the grace of God and only in his strength as we learn to depend on him and ask him for help, did he help us learn their language. It took us about three years. And then uh, we had to create an alphabet. Uh, we had to, to take the thousands of words that we had and, and analyze them. And, and thank God there were people on our church planning team that are much smarter than I am who were able to do those things. We created an alphabet. We started a literacy program. We began to teach our Wantakia men and women how to read and write for the first time. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, we, we built this small little tin roof building and flew out a chalkboard on the helicopter and got some chalk and began to write on a chalkboard, put letters together. And we eventually put those letters together that, that made words and, and how amazed they were that these symbols can be put together and say a word. They would say, whoa. And, and for days we would just learn how to say W-O. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And like, what are we doing? We're not getting anywhere. What is whoa? Well, we had to learn some more letters. P and A, puh, makes puh, puh. And then we smashed whoa and puh together and it said whoa, And it said sweet potato. And all of a sudden they were like, wow, this is the, the, the chalkboard is speaking to us. And we said, guys, you have no idea. We are in the process of translating the word of God into your language. We are going to teach you uh, about this God who sent us and exactly who you are, where you came from, why you're here, and what's going to happen to you when you die. Now, we got to, as we progressed in their language, we got to... Uh, you know, put before them all the time why we were there and what we were doing. We would go out in the garden, there would be thorns and thistles, and we'd say, why are these thorns in your garden and messing everything up? They said, we don't know. We'd say, well, we do know. And when we learn your language, we're going to tell you all about it. Their children would die. Their parents would die. Young men and women would die. We, we couldn't even, we couldn't share the gospel message. There, there, we, we, we didn't have the words for it. But all along the way, we'd say, why are we dying? We don't know. We're here to tell you, and there's an answer for that. All along the way, we, we pointed towards what we had come there to do. Well, as we learned their language, we began to see that the Wantakia, uh, just like was described here in Acts chapter 26, uh, Jesus said that as people were sent to the unreached people groups of the earth, that people would turn from darkness to light. Well, we got to see uh, what darkness really is like. Uh, we got to see as we learned their language and we began to be able to speak in a really intelligible way with our Wantakia friends that they had been believing for thousands of years all kind of lies from Satan. Uh, they believed that they were created by an evil spirit being named Wosin Ye um, and that 
He then created more evil spirits like himself. And then as an afterthought, he thought, who will these evil spirits who I've created, who will they harm? And who will they kill? And he thought, oh, I know. I'll create man and put him in the jungle so that the evil spirits have someone to harm and kill. And so this is the worldview, the story that our Wantakia people have lived in uh, for thousands of years uh, with a, a complete, total fear of the spirit world around them. All kinds of rituals and incantations to try to ward off the spirit world, either to manipulate those spirits to get them to do what they want them to do or to appease them so that they won't be harmed. Uh, we, we got to see how dark that darkness really was and those lives that they had been in bondage to for thousands of years. Well, as we created the alphabet and we began to teach people how to read and write, we began the process of translating the Bible into their language. We knew that if the Wantakia were going to step from darkness to light, they were going to have to have something more powerful than the word of the missionary. They were going to have to have something that outlasted us, and that was going to have to be the word of God in their own language. So we began the process of translating the scriptures we translated the book of Genesis, Exodus, several Old Testament portions, the Gospel of Mark, a few passages in the book of Revelation, and we felt like we had enough to teach them the story of God from beginning to end, where they could repent before God and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. As we were going through that process and we began to, we, we, we continued to, to speak with our Wantakia friends and continue to learn their beliefs and what you know, what they thought about where they came from. There was one guy in the village who was sort of the keeper of the records, and he could count back five generations of Wantakia men and who they came from. He, he, he's the only one in the village that knew all their names, and he was so proud that, that he knew all five names. And we said, yeah, but before that guy, where did you come from? And he says, well, nobody knows that story. All we know is we came from the other side of that mountain range. We said, guys, we are here to tell you about what happened on the other side of the mountain. Wow. You mean you know the story of what happened on the other side of the mountain? We said, yeah, it's written down in the Bible. We know the story, not of just five generations. We're going to go back all the way to the very first man, the one God created, the one that we all come from. And so, man, the, this excitement as we finished learning their language, we began teaching them how to read and write. We, be, we began to translate the Bible into their language, and we said, it's ready. The, the, the reason that we came here to live among you has finally come. We are here. We are ready to tell you uh, the gospel message. And just like that, that tribal man jumped up in that high place, that elder, it was our turn now to jump up and, and yell out, Come and hear God's word. The reason we came is finally here. Everybody come. We're going to meet under this tarp house and we're going to teach you every day God's word one story at a time. Come if you want to hear. And they came. Two and a half years ago, for the first time, we opened up the scriptures. We read to them Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they sat on the edge of their seats, and for the first time, the, the word of God hit their ears, and they heard about this God who wasn't like 
the God that their ancestors had told them about. He wasn't like the God that Satan had lied to them about. This God wasn't evil. He was good. He created everything not for himself. He didn't need anything. He created those things for us that we might enjoy them and in turn enjoy him as the one who created us, the one who created us that we might know him. And they began just to fall in love with this God creator of the world there from the beginning. We made our way to Genesis chapter 3, 2 and 3, where they heard about the creation of Adam, and they thought, wow, Adam, the very first man that we come from, you know, God made this guy in his image and set him over the the earth to rule and reign over it. This guy is really important. We must be really important. This guy must be the hero of the story. Oh, that's Genesis 3. They're thinking, man, we're... This is a good story, and we're like, we're from this guy? This is going to be good for us. And all of a sudden, we made it to the fall, and they learned that their ancestor and ours walked away from God, walked away from life, walked away from light, and plunged himself and the rest of the world into darkness. How devastated our Wantakia friends were that day when they heard about Adam, the one that they came from, Uh, who walked away from God, and as a result, they themselves were born separated from Him. That story didn't change for the rest of the Old Testament. They got to hear over and over that they came from Adam, that they were sinners, and that they could not save themselves. But the amazing thing was that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God made a promise right there in the garden. He spoke to the serpent, and He said, Someone is going to come through the seed of the woman. You are going to strike His heal, but he is going to crush your head. And right there they heard for the first time in Genesis chapter 3 that there's going to be someone who comes who can take them out of Satan's clan. We explained it to them. You, Our ancestor Adam walked away from God's clan, joined side with Satan, and now we're all in Satan's clan. And they heard someone is coming who's going to crush the head of the enemy. Yagamange, they called him, the enemy. Uh, someone is coming who's going to crush his head and deliver us out of Satan's clan and put us back into God's. And so they waited patiently as we worked our way through the Old Testament. Promise after promise of this deliverer who would come. Story after story as they heard, we can't save ourselves. There's nothing that we can do. And finally Jesus came. They heard all about his life, his miracles, his teachings. And then they heard finally about his death, burial, and resurrection. Guys, amazing to get to see people who sat in darkness get to hear about the light of the world. They got to hear in their own language as Jesus hung from the cross. He cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And they heard and understood that for the first time in the history of the world that God the Father and God the Son were separated from one another because of our sin so that we would not have to be. Then they heard Jesus as he hung from the cross cry out in triumph three of the most important words that have ever been said. It is finished. And he bowed his head and he breathed his last. And they heard and understood as Jesus proclaimed those words in their own language that Jesus had completely finished all of the work necessary for us to enter into a relationship with God. For us to leave Satan's clan and to live in God's. 
And exactly what happened that day as they heard the gospel message was exactly what Jesus said would happen. People would be brought from darkness to light. Guys, on that day, for the first time in the history of an entire people group, people heard the gospel, trusted in Jesus, and became a part of God's family. Wow! Amazing! Amazing to get to be a part of that. Not just as us, the goers, but as you, the senders. What a privilege to be involved as God is continuing His story of reaching all the people groups, all tongues, tribes, nations, and languages with the gospel message. Exactly what Jesus said would happen in Acts chapter 26. This is, let me read it again. I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. We have spent the last two and a half years teaching those new believers. Uh, I don't have time, and maybe if we ask some questions here in a minute, to tell you all that's happened in the last two and a half years as we've spent time with those new believers. We have translated the book of Acts. They, they learned all about the church, uh, how the church first came into existence there in, in the, the beginning of the book of Acts and what the church did. And we began to, to model ourselves and the way that we met and the things that we did, like reading the scriptures and and studying the scriptures, praying to God, uh, sharing the Lord's Supper, sharing testimonies with one another about the Lord's faithfulness. We began to do all those things. It's been amazing to watch uh, our Wantakia friends grow in their relationship with the Lord. They have taken the gospel message and taught it to their own family and friends, and we're seeing uh, people come to Christ uh, all the time uh, who didn't hear from the missionaries. They heard from the Wantakians themselves. Uh, we are hoping uh, in the next uh, few years that... The, the men and women that were training, uh, faithful men and women that were turning the work of the ministry over into their hands, uh, that they won't need us anymore. We'll eventually work ourselves out of a job. Uh, we are training uh, faithful men who can teach others to be Bible teachers. Uh, our literacy program has been completely turned over into the hands of the Wantakia people. People that couldn't read before are standing and teaching others how to say whoa and puh and uh, how to say sweet potato. And this is just an amazing thing that the Lord is doing, uh, and we are so privileged to be a part of it. We are hoping uh, that the, the Wantakia people, who number about 8,000 people, uh, they, they, they live in about 10 different villages. We have done all the things that I've described to you here uh, in these few moments among one of the villages that speaks the Wantakia language. There are nine others that have not heard the gospel yet. There is no church presence uh, in nine of the other villages that speak our Wantakia language. So we're trusting in the next few years that God would help us to multiply ourselves in the lives of others, not just in our village of Pinji, but in the other villages as well. So let me close uh, the message this morning with this. Uh, Jesus said that when the gospel message was preached, that people would have their eyes opened, that they would turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they could have their sins forgiven, and they could be given a place among God's people. Now, this morning in this room, the gospel message has been heard. Uh, you got to hear, just like the Wantakians got to hear, in their own language, you heard in your own language this morning, that Jesus, the Son of God, came just like God promised he would come. He was separated 
on your behalf and on my behalf because of our sins so that you and I would not have to be separated from God any longer. You heard that Jesus did all the work that was necessary. He said it was finished. He died and then He rose from the dead and now He is offering each person in this room eternal life by simply believing in Him. This is the gospel message. If you maybe heard it fresh or, or, or in any way, maybe you've been, been thinking for a long time that I need Jesus. Uh, there's, there's no better time than right now, today, than to trust in Jesus. Also, let me say this. That what we're talking about here and what Jesus said to the Apostle Paul, the stakes could not be any higher. We are talking about death and life. We are talking about darkness and light. Think about what this means for your family members or your friends or your co-workers or anyone in your life who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Guys, this is eternal. Eternal things we're talking about here. Things of life and death. Don't wait one more moment for the person that the Lord has put on your mind uh, and on your heart that you would ask the Lord for opportunities to speak truth to whoever that person is and to don't wait any longer to share the gospel message with those that you love. The last way of application this morning is the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. In the country of Papua New Guinea, there are hundreds of other language groups just like the Wantaki of people. And around the world, there are thousands more just like them who do not have one word from God written in their language. They have never heard the gospel message and they never will unless someone changes their zip code and goes and lives with those people, learns their language and shares the gospel with them. I want to leave with a challenge of who else will go? Is there anyone here who would be like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 when the Lord says, Who will we send and who will go for us? And he said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Now you may not even know what the answer to that looks like, but there maybe there's someone here in this room this morning who would be willing to put their yes down on the table and just let God put it on the map. Uh, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Uh, the, the gospel message will not go out. All tongues, tribes, and nations will not hear unless we respond to the command of Jesus to go and make disciples of all the nations. So is there anyone willing to be a part in that way? Lastly, okay, I think I said lastly on the last point. Let me say lastly on this one. Uh, we, we desire that you continue to be a part of what we're doing among the Wantakia. Uh, I've set out in the back foyer there on the table a prayer card. If you would please take one of those cards, maybe some of you have already. Uh, there's a picture of our family and the way that you can contact us on the front and on the back, there are ways that you can pray for our family and our ministry. Would you commit to faithfully pray for our family and the Wantakia people? Uh, the gospel has, has gone there, but the work is not finished. And so we, we need you guys to continue to partner with us, continue to pray for us and with us, that God would complete the task of seeing the Wantakia people reached completely uh, with the gospel message, that all uh, the gospel would go out to all ten villages and that, man, it would just burst out of the Wantakia language group and to the rest of Papua New Guinea. Uh, we would love for you uh, 
to continue to pray for us in those specific ways that are listed on that card. I'm going to end our time and, and my time of sharing with prayer, and then I think I'm going to just open it up for just a few minutes. I think some of you might have questions. That was already told to me before the, the session, the sermon started this morning, and so I'm going to pray, and then we'll open it just for a few moments uh, for anybody who might have some questions. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, that we have it in our language, that we can understand it. Thank you for, uh, Lord, coming to get us while we were in darkness shining light on us through your son, Jesus. Thank you that for those of us who have trusted in you, we are in your family this morning. We can never be separated, never be plucked out of your hand. Lord, I pray for those in this room who have not trusted in your son, Jesus, that you would open their eyes so they can turn from darkness to light. Jesus, thank you that you did all the work necessary for us. Help us in this room who haven't trusted in you to trust you and receive life this morning. And God, I pray... um, that there would be some in this room who would respond and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, would you send me? I want to be a part of taking the gospel message uh, to the ends of the earth. God, we just commit ourselves to you. Um, Help us to be faithful with the gospel message uh, to those uh, that, Lord, you've laid on our heart. Lord, you know who they are, and and we do too, God. And, And we pray, God, that you would give us opportunities to speak this message to them as well. In Jesus' name, amen.